Good morning, Church. <clears throat> Let me try this. 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 Um, I'm beginning to realize uh, those phrases, more and more people are learning it. So I figured as a Chinese, you know, I should learn some Mandarin and I should be able to say some of those phrases. I'm always baffled when, uh, especially in a movie, in a Cantonese or Mandarin movie, there's so many phrases. I can order my food in Chinese, but um, when it comes to phrases, I'm totally lost as well. So I had to Google just to find out what all the phrases are, what the meaning is. It's actually very long, but that is all I can manage for this year. We'll try again next year and see what else I can accomplish. You know, Chinese New Year is a time where we find ourselves doing things we don't used to, right? In any other time, uh, you, you chase after certain things. You don't chase after any other time, right? How many of you already had your feel of pakwa? No? Um, meat? Jerky, right? No, none, none of you have. This year, no bakwa on the streets, is it? <laughs> you know, uh, we, we look for things like bakwa and all, and you realize that uh, after you get married and before you get married, there are a lot of different things you run after. You know, I find myself, I was posting recently also, that I find myself the last couple of years doing things like um, you, have to, you have to change money, you have to collect ampau packets, the empty ones, not the ones that has money in it. You're going to find the different patterns, you know. Uh, you find yourself buying all the drinks, all the meat, all the packets that you have to give to your in-laws and your parents and so many other little things that you don't find yourself doing any other time. Am I right? Yes. Where, where are the... Where are the... No? No one else is doing these things? Yeah? Or everyone's like, oh, I'm so tired of doing all those things already. You know, with, China, with Chinese New Year around, we also do uh, things that we tell ourselves, it's Chinese New Year, ma, so we have to do once in a while. Uh, besides eating pakwa, what other things do you do for Chinese New Year that you find that you don't do any other time? There are those biscuits that you eat, right? Ampau wedding also can collect, ma. <laughs> if you're wedding, or sometimes there are other reasons, birthdays we get as well. But there are certain things, right? There are certain biscuits that you see only come out during Chinese New Year. No other time it's ever sold, ever made except Chinese New Year, isn't it? What else? What else do you do only Chinese New Year? Lo Sang, you're right. That, um, Lo Sang. <laughs> yes. The one with the chopstick. We also do it only during Chinese New Year. Strangely, a few decades ago, it wasn't even a Chinese tradition. How it came to be, no one knows. What else? What else do you do only during Chinese New Year? Come on. Firecrackers. Firecrackers. Actually, traditionally, other festive times also got one, right? Wedding and all sorts of other things. But uh, there are certain things you find yourself only doing. You don't simply wear your cheongsam or any other Chinese bajus until Chinese New Year comes around. And suddenly we're wearing cheongsam, uh, trying to fit into the cheongsam rudder, you know, and all those other things, right? I had to give away all my cheongsams. You'll think of 
buying new ones in New Year's. But you find yourself doing that. Uh, you buy more, you drink more canned drinks than any other season. You eat more nuts and kwachi than the whole year combined, ever. Uh, you do so many things that we tell ourselves, yeah, once in a while, it's okay. It's Chinese New Year, we be gluttons. It's okay, ma, once in a while only. But in Malaysia, we have so many festivities, so many holidays. Our once in a while become quite frequent, you know. Uh, quite frequent. I heard an amen. Okay. <laughs> what are some other things we find acceptable to do only uh, during certain season or certain time? Come on, give me some examples. May not be Chinese New Year, but certain season we do play cards. I heard play cards. Oh, <laughs> play cards. What else? Gain weight. Gain weight all year round, Alfred. All year round. <laughs> certain things we find ourselves only doing some of the time, right? Am I the only one that have ever heard this or do you agree with me that there are certain things we do like maybe only when you go on holiday you do that or only during festive season or only when you're in other countries or only when durian season rolls around. You know, things like that that we do certain things only at certain season or certain times. You know, there are many things in life that has exceptions. Many rules that has many exceptions. Many things that we find ourselves are doing exceptionally compared to the norm. There are, for example, if you are dieting, you're going through a diet regime, usually I hear that you need to have cheat days once a week or, or so on and so forth. You have that cheat meal or that cheat day where you can eat anything you want and not feel guilty about it and then go back to your normal veg, vegetables only or you know, certain regime. Am I right? You're allowed to do that. It's called a cheat meal or cheat day. Don't even get me started on the English language and how all the rules have exception. Have you heard of those rules? You're exceptionally quiet today. Very serious. Is anybody in the house? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Not really. Less than half. Okay. You know, I was going to say not even, uh, uh, even the English language have a lot of exceptions to rules, right? How many English teachers are there here? Are there any English teachers here? Ex-English teachers also can, you know? How many? Where are the school children? Primary and secondary. Primary and secondary. Still here, St. Paul, okay. You know the exception of the rule, there's one uh, that says I, when it comes to spelling, I before E except after C. Yeah, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you have to go back to primary school to learn English. When the spelling I, you have to spell it E-I except when C comes and it's C-I-E, uh, C-E-I, sorry. Yeah, the other way around. There are also a lot of uh, weird exceptions that doesn't make sense. I'll give you a few examples. Do you have my slides with you? Okay, help me out. What is the plural for the word goose? Geese. What is the plural for the word moose? Oh no, many people need to go back to school. It's not miss and it's not mooses. It's moose. What is the plural for the word mouse? Mice. House? Not heist? You sure? Not heist? 
or the other way around, mouses? What's the plural for the word roof? What's the plural for the word hoof? Sounds the same, spelled differently. One with roof only doesn't have V-E-S, it's R-O-O-F-S. But hoof is H-O-O-V-E-S. Exceptions. Google, I Google. <laughs> yes. Nowadays, everything must Google and check first. You know, it's very funny because there's so many things that has exception, right? When it comes to language, when it comes to uh, rules in life, when it comes to things that we do. And I found this exceptionally hard because there was a small season in my life that I taught English to Chinese school students before I went in full-time, long before that. And the Chinese school students are always asking me because uh, uh, they are not English educated. They, they always ask all these things and I say, oh, no, no, this is wrong because of why. And they ask, but the rule is this way. Why is it this way? I'm like, um, it just is. There's just no answer. It's an exception. It just is. And after a while, I have no longer have any answer for them. Just memorize. You know, just memorize it that way. There is no understanding, no formula, no understanding to it. The truth is, in everything in life, we actually love the exceptions. Right? Honestly, when you do something, you actually want that exception. You, it makes us feel a bit special. It feels like mankind in general is always looking for exceptions. We're looking for the loophole in the rule. We're looking for that to be exempted from anything, from something, to take a break from the norm that we normally face, to take a break from the, the, the usual we look for the anomaly, isn't that so? Uh, the exemption helps us feel special. It's like a special treatment. If, you, if someone tells you, oh, you're exempted from this class in college, it's like, yes, you know, we are exempted from uh, needing to take a certain exam, let's say. It's like double yes, you know. We like to feel that specialness, that uniqueness. It makes us feel good. But the thing is, um, when we... When we try to uh, find the loophole or bend the rules, a lot of things uh, can, be, can happen. For example, uh, in Malaysia, one of, the, one of the exemptions or one of the exceptions that we always find is in driving. When we drive and we need to make a U-turn or a turn and there is no sign that says you cannot. Malaysians, what do we do? We do it! Why? Because there is no sign what? Even if Waze tells you you cannot make a U-turn here, Waze says ahead, we're like, but there's no sign. We can do it. This is not Singapore. So this, we can do it here. This is the exemption that we live for. You can hear the Singaporeans screaming on that side. <laughs> you know, we, we like to find exemption. You know, in holidays as well, maybe you can turn the screen off so let's not distract. Um, in holidays as well, somehow when we're on holiday, we tend to suspend the rules of norm, whether in family living or the things that you not normally do. You will say things like, yeah, never mind, we're on holiday, as though our brain takes a holiday too, you know, our morality and all, everything takes a holiday. We're on holiday, it's okay, we can do anything wear anything, drink anything, do anything. Because we're on holiday, ma. So that's what we tell ourselves. The exemption, we look for it. You know, when we read the scriptures, sometimes we also tend 
to find ourselves looking and memorizing and remembering the ones that agree with us more. The ones that sink with our hearts a little more than anything else. We, we choose not to see the one that we don't like. We choose not to see the one that, that is actually the norm, but we don't want to. We like to find the exemption. No, you see, Jesus said, okay, love, love, that's it. And we stick to that and that's only. And our entire, entire Christian life is just about that one area because it is the exemption. It is the one that is different. When we look for advice, when we go through trouble and we need to find someone to help us give advice or even correct us, you find that sometimes we tend to look for the one, the one person that says what we want to hear. We can go to 10 people and 10 people can tell us, sorry, 10 people and 9 people can tell us, no, don't do it. But that one person that says, actually, it's okay one, actually, never mind. And you go like, yes, that's the one. And I will listen and I will do it. We are looking for that. Our heart, mankind's heart, always tunes and looks towards that, looking for something that is unique and the exemption. I want to say this, and I hope it's clear. Our God is not a God of exemption, exception. He's not. Our God is not a God of exceptions. You see, when God says something, it will be so without exception. There is no buts, no what if. It doesn't change based on who he's talking to. It doesn't change based on situation, generation, nations, or laws that mankind make. History or future alike. When God says something, it is so regardless. He's not one to make exception, to go, ayah, because it is this person, kela, kela, the rule doesn't apply. No, he does not. You see, God's ways and God's principles that He has already mentioned in the Word of God, in the Bible, in the Scriptures, everything laid out, will always come to pass, will always work without exception, regardless of what we go through, regardless of how bad you think your situation is, regardless of how wrong you think you have been, God's ways and principles will always work. Here's what I'm saying, regardless, because God is not a God of exception. His principles don't change suddenly because something happened to you or someone else. It does not. He says so and it will be. No ifs, no ifs, nothing. No, but then, huh? there is not. His word will always be true, always, regardless of circumstance. What people say or don't say to you, what you think or don't think, you sleep or you don't sleep, His word will always be true. Can I hear an amen? Come on, church. That is one assurance that we can have, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. There is no exception with Him. His word remains, and we can count on it with our lives, regardless of what happened. And that, to me, is an assurance. Our God is not a God of exception. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you that you are 
so true, so constant, always there, that you keep your word, that you do what you say. Lord, right now, even as we look to you, teach our hearts to know how to respond, to love you. God, you are so good. Help us to hear what you are saying. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll give some things that he says that has no exemption here, no exception. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, when God says that he has put everything under his feet, he means all authority under, all, he has authority over all things. Everything is under his feet. There isn't something that is so big or so evil or so difficult that God does not have authority over. Because God has already said he put everything under his feet. Everything means everything, right? Everything. So there's nothing that we need to worry about that may overcome our God. No, because God cannot be overcome in that way. In John 3, 16, when God says, for God so loved the world that He gave, that whoever believes in Him, and when He says whoever, His word is going to be true for all generations, all people group, all types of nation, all types of social group. Whoever means whoever, no matter what he or she has done, no matter what you have done. Whoever believes in Jesus. It is a constant. It is without exception. What about Matthew 28, 19, when Jesus said, go into all the nations, make disciples of all nations. All nations that we are called to go and make disciples of all nations without exception. Without exception that whoever believes, just as John 3, 16 say. You know, it really means that how about love your neighbor as yourself without exception, regardless of what they have done to you? How about forgive and you will be forgiven? No, but then this case is different. No such thing. There is just the principle. God says, forgive, that's it, without exception. How about give and it will be given? That God, that is our call as well. God has called you, just give. Don't worry about anything. You give and it will be given so, and you will reap for sure, you will reap. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Seek and you will find. You see, God's principles work without exceptions. That is one thing we need to understand deeply in our heart. Without exception, it will not be affected by culture. It cannot be manipulated by human beings. All devil, all spirit, nothing. His principles cannot be affected in that way. You see, the scripture for us is not a suggestion. It is not a suggestion or alternate way of life. It is the binding principle, unchangeable truth. Whether or not you believe, it will happen. Whether or not you practice, the principle will stand. It will continue to take place. If you don't do it, the opposite will happen. It's just natural. It is something that governs our life, our world. It will govern mankind for all for always. Are you hearing me? Come say this with me. God is not a God of exception. Let's say with a bit more conviction, God is not a God of exception. We need to remember that His principles are true. 
they will never fail. Never fail. So no matter what we do, remember, His principles will never fail. That's why we say things like His promises are true and He will never fail. Because He never will. It never will. Remember that it never will. Now, with this basis and understanding of our God and His timeless principle, the question I want to ask is, how do we as believers, as followers of Jesus who love Him, and trust Him, how do we respond to this timeless truth? How do we respond to the fact that God is unchanging, His promises and His principles are unchanging and constant? We want to read this verse, and I believe that this one verse helps govern a lot of things in our life. And it is from Colossians 3 verse 17. Would you read together with me on the screen? Let's read. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. You know, there's another verse in Corinthians that also reminds us of the same thing that says everything we do, we should do it to glorify God. You know, a lot of times we begin to find exceptions like, can do this or not? How about this one? Uh, this one can do until where? What if I like that, like that, and like that? What if this happens, this happens? Will there be an exception? The question is always, how far can I push the boundary? Where is the line? What is the exception? This case, can it be? Now, if we always come back to this same thing, to remind ourselves, whatever we do, whatever we do, if we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus or do it to glorify Him, that is our guiding principle. In other words, we are called to honour God in everything that we do. Everything. Now, please understand that this is not an invitation it is not a plea. It is a kingdom principle, okay? For all kingdom citizens, all, not just the leaders, not just the pastors, not just people who are like, you are holier. No, it is for all who call Him Lord. All, it is a principle and it's not going to change, okay? It's not going to change. Now, let's break down the verse a little bit and Look at it phrase by phrase. Now, the first line says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed. Now, what does whatever mean? Whatever, right? Whatever means whatever, okay? It means whatever. You get what I'm trying to say? Let's do it a bit more Malaysian. Whatever, okay? Whatever. And it means everything. It means everything. Everything that we say, everything that we say, the words we choose to use, however you want to choose to use that word, and we go bad word, good word, question, does it honour God? Very simple. The intonation we use to use the word, because you know, us Asians are very good with intonation. You can say the same thing, but different sound has different meaning right? You know that. And intonation matters. Intention of saying it matters as well. Whatever we say. Every decision that you will make in your life, whether the choices are small or life 
changing. The decision that we make, whatever. Every relationship that we have, every career that we have, every school and classroom we are in, every lifestyle choices that we make, every ministry we find ourselves in, past, present and future, every event that we go to or are involved in, every sphere and every compartment of our entire life. In the extraordinary moments and in the daily mundane things we do in life, whatever we do, whatever we do, let it be without exception. You know, because the problem is that as humankind, we like to make excuses. Sometimes we find ourselves doing certain things or making certain decisions or saying certain words or meaning certain other things. And then we go like, no lah, you don't understand, you know. You try to answer and defend and make stories and go like, because this, because that, or because, you know, excuses. And we try to justify our exceptions. Whether we are doing that because we are trying to deal with our guilt, our pride, our jealousy, or our fear. Admittedly, we go through all these feelings and they will spill out in, in these ways in our exception, excuses making. Whatever the reason is, remember the principle is whatever we do, do it to honour Him. Whatever. You see, on this side of heaven, as Pastor Ben said, where the kingdom is here and not yet, there will always be that struggle in our spirit. There will be. Of wanting to do it right, wanting to get it right, wanting to follow God's ways, wanting to be obedient. And the other part of us, the flesh pulling as Paul has also explained it to us, that there's always going to be that fight between flesh and spirit within us. To want to find a way out, to find an excuse, to find a loophole, to find a way to bend it, to find a reason, to find a way to get out of it. But if we constantly find a way to get out of it and understand this, you will find it. It's the same like marriage. If you enter a marriage, you say your wedding house, by the back of your head and your heart, you have already decided, we see how things go. If it gets half, we'll see. You know, you open a door, a window and say, we'll see. You know, chances is, during the next few years, you will find a reason. You will find it. Because we are always looking for that loophole. You will always be seeking for the exception. The exemption. That's the thing. But if we tell ourselves, no, there will be no window. There is no exception. If we enter marriage saying, there is no, this is for life. This is it. We will make it work regardless. Then you will. You will do all you can to make it work. Of course, it takes two yeah, in a marriage. But in our own life, it's the same. If we keep looking for excuses and we keep saying like, but you don't understand one lah. You don't know one lah. You, 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 you won't what, understand or you won't, you won't feel it one. If you didn't, you didn't um, experience it or whatever excuses. Let me say this. The principle of God is whatever we do, we do it in the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever we do, we do it to glorify God. There is no other excuse. What we have is now. What we choose to do now. And if we choose to seal that within our spirit and no longer look for the excuse, you stop finding. You stop making excuses. You just recognize we need to do it. We need to do it. Amen? I know this is a bit heavy for Chinese New Year. 
but we're getting there. Don't worry, we're getting there. The second line says this, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever we do, we don't just say whatever, but we do it in the name of our Lord Jesus. You see, as followers of Jesus, we are a new creation. Amen? We are no longer old self. We have given that up. We have taken on the new, the new self. And so, this new self should be living for our Lord Jesus Christ. We live our lives for Jesus. That means learning and trying to be consistent with Jesus' character kingdom values, how we honour Jesus, our Lord, wanting to bless His heart because that's who we are, right? This new self, we want to live it all for Jesus. We do it because we love Him. We do it because we adore Him. We do it because this is how we show our love for Him and we want to just do it for Him. So in everything we do, when we choose to do it for our Lord Jesus Christ, choosing to be consistent with that kingdom value, we are in fact doing it because of our love. We are in fact doing it for Jesus. And when we say, I live for Jesus, which is such a simple way of saying it, or such a flippant way, we go like, yeah, I live for Jesus. We do for Jesus. We serve for Jesus. Everything for Jesus. What it really means is this. Because our goal as a Christ follower is to be more Christ-like. Our goal as a Christ follower is to be more Christ-like. In our character, and in many ways, not just how we look outside, because it's so easy to look Christian, right? It's so easy to make it look like we really follow Jesus. But God is dealing with the heart. He's talking about being Christ-like within as well as who we are and what we are inside. So, whatever we do, whatever we do let us do it for His purposes. Because of Him, in His name and honour and to His glory, in everything, everything, whatever we do, let's do it all for Him, all for Him. What happens when we choose this to do everything for Him, for His name's sake? What happens then? That when we choose to um, live our life in His light in that way? A few things happen, let me share with you. Firstly, it will cause you and me to reorganize our priorities. Automatically, that will happen. We will think twice about a lot of things, decisions that we are going to make, things that we want to say, places we want to go, events we want to attend. We will think twice. We will think, does it glorify Him? Will this honour Him? Will this bring Him honour? Will I be living for Him? Am I doing this for Him? All this will come to mind because we have made that choice to live for Him. And so we will think about it. We will think about how we make those choices. We think about how we make those decisions. It's no longer about how far can I go or whether this is can or cannot because we like to say can one or cannot one, can or cannot as though it's a bunch of rules. You know, Christian living is not just a bunch of rules. The question is, are you honouring God? Are you living to glorify Him? Ask that question instead of can or cannot as a Christian. Think about it that way. We also motivate us to do things that are different, extra different. Um, 
we will think about more than the bare minimum of what we need to be as a Christian. That's why we serve. That's why we give our time. That's why we give our resources. That's why we do kingdom work. That's why we go out of our way to love our neighbors. That's why we go around our taman to do that extra thing because, because glorifying God requires us to do a little extra sometimes. We do it because we want to live His name. We want to uh, live for Him in that sense. So, you know, we, we no longer try to find that loophole anymore. And you know, we end up living the way Jesus wanted us to live all this while. We end up fulfilling His purposes in our lives. Because as long as we continue to choose to want to glorify Him and honour Him and, and live for Him and, and, and not find that excuse and loophole and exception, trust me, we will find ourselves in the, at the end of the day living that purpose that He has in your life after all. And that's the beautiful part. You know, we may, you may begin to feel at this point that this seems a little high standard and impossible and heavy and why so difficult, Pastor? You know, it's impossible. You know, some of us are not there, not like you. Trust me, I'm also not like that. You know, we find that we are not that perfect, okay? Not so strong one. And we may begin to feel all those things. And we say, you know, God's, this kind of calling is for you people, not for me. But let me say this. God's calling is for every one of us. God's principles applies to all believers, all kingdom citizens, everyone. And it is not too difficult. Yes, the standards are high. Yes, it seems difficult. It seems too perfect. And you know what? And I love this. You know what? God knows it. God knows it. And He does not expect you to be perfect. He does not expect. That is why He has sent His Son Jesus to die for us. So that the impossible becomes possible. So that the standard that is too far has already been closed for you and I. It's already been reached because we have been covered with that which Jesus has done. We don't need to try to achieve it by our own strength or ability or even merit. Because if we do, it's just works. We're just trying with our own strength and our own work. But that God has already done it. Jesus has overcome. He came and He did it. He died on the cross so that we don't have to. So that by His grace, He has enabled us to reach it. Cover us every single day. Every single day, cover us with that same righteousness that is not our own. And that's why I say it is beautiful and it's perfect and it's amazing that even though I say all these things as we remember it, remember that God has already done that which we feel is impossible to achieve. And this is why, this is why we give thanks to God our Father for what He has done and what He has accomplished on our behalf. The next line, we give thanks. We're giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That as we do all this, we remember we give thanks. Hey church, we need to learn to cultivate an attitude, a spirit of giving thanks to God our Father. We need to cultivate a spirit, an attitude of perpetual gratefulness. 
perpetual gratefulness. It is something we should understand naturally. Let me give you an example. Imagine this. If someone came to you, someone came to you in your difficulties or you're going through something and, uh, you know, uh, maybe you have some doubts or you're down or something and then that somebody reached in and helped you out of that situation, that someone brought you through a situation and you came out of it better, you came out of it relieved, you came out of it not having to go through all that, what would you naturally do for that person? You remember them for life. Naturally, am I right? Most of us naturally would remember. You remember, even when I say this, you remember that one person in your life that has helped you, that has brought you through something in your life. Back then, it could be 20 years ago, it could be 30 years ago, but you remember. If you ask for a testimony or someone that you admire, someone that you're grateful for, you can conjure it in your mind right now. You know who it is. You can name it. Why? Because that's just natural. It's natural to think like that, to live like that. In fact, in fact, if the person was still around and you have that privilege to be with, you'll find ways to honour them, you'll find ways to pay back, you'll find ways to do, and you even feel that obligation sometimes, you know. You, find, uh, you try to find ways through other means to do something, to build that relationship because we are perpetually grateful for that one event. Well, guess what? As Christians, it's the same. Our God has brought us out from darkness into light. Our God has saved us from a difficult situation, delivered us through many means. Our God is the one that's walking with us and showing us His grace daily. And we as Christians sometimes forget. We sometimes begin to think of um, all the bad things that happen and we blame God. God, why you let this happen? God, it's your fault. God, I tell you. But we forget. We forget. We forget His good graces. We forget what He has done. We need to bring ourselves into a state of perpetual gratefulness so that we remember and we remember and we remember. And we need to bring our spirit back to a point that we will constantly remember. Because when we remember His goodness, when we are grateful perpetually, we will automatically, automatically want to do everything and whatever in His name and for His glory. You see how that works? Which is why I say it's not hard, actually. We just need to bring ourselves back to keep our spirit grateful. That's thinking about giving thanks, giving thanks to God always because it will help us remember it's not about us. Not about us. I know it's Chinese DM, so I want to be able to end early so they can go home early. But I hope that these points drive true enough to help us to remember, hey, whatever we do in this season, it's Chinese New Year, right? And for the rest of the year, whether you go on holiday, any other festive season, any other country we, could, we travel, I encourage you to carry this principle into every and any sphere of your life. Not looking for exception. Not looking for that loophole. Not looking for it. Chinese New Year, so what? God's principles and kingdom stands. It stands forevermore. It will not change. So when you drive, 
when you're on holiday, or if you feel that there's one person that you're exempted from forgiving, in our devotion to God, in what we do for Him, coming to church, praying, in our giving, in our raising of our children, you know, don't, don't make it an excuse just because we have kids, everything hangs and the kingdom of God, uh, as though the kingdom of God takes a break, the principles changes. When we are sick, you know, it doesn't change, doesn't change. When we are posting things online or commenting on someone's post online. Hear me, whatever platform you choose, this is intergenerational because it's not true that only young people are online nowadays. Everyone is online posting everything. Isn't that true? <laughs> Think about it. Whatever you post, if it does not glorify God, whether you're ranting about certain people, certain organizations, or the country. Does it glorify God? If it does not, rethink and rethink. Let's not suspend God's principles. It exists online too, you know. His principles will remain as well. So worship tip comes up and help me close. Let me say this. Don't suspend God's principles and don't put God's ways on hold. There is no exception. In whatever you do, ask that it glorifies God. Do the things which bring glory to His name. Don't seek for exception. And this is how we can continue to be grateful to our God, living for Him each and every day. I invite you to stand it with me for a moment. We want to sing this chorus to say, Christ is all that we need. He is enough. In everything, through everything, for everything. So whatever we do and live and how we live in His name, let it bring glory to His name. Sing it with me. Is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need. Come on, church, let's sing it again. Christ is enough for me. Sing it one more time. Let the voices rise up. Let it be our declaration. Love for me, you sing. heart-heating kind of message. It is simply one that I hope calls us back 
renew our devotion to our God, to remind ourselves that we are Christ's followers, that this is what we have chosen. This is what, this is the choice we make, that we will follow Him. We will follow Him. So no pray just a general prayer for now and call us back to that place with God to say, God, I love you. I adore you. You are my everything. If I have forgotten, help me remember. You have been so good to me through the seasons, through the good times and the bad times. And I want to love you and you are enough to say that whatever that I do from today onwards, God, help me to think twice. Help me to pause, to remember if I'm doing it to glorify your name, if I'm saying it, does it bring glory and honour to you? Because I want to be that person that brings honour and points people to Jesus. Let this be our prayer. Let this be our prayer. Hallelujah. So let's just, we'll sing the chorus one more time. And if this is you, why don't you just raise your hand and I'm going to say a prayer for all of us, wherever you are. Make where you stand and altar. Sing Christ is enough.